Well, this morning, uh, fifth anniversary, I, I just can't even help but, but reminisce and have so many memories as I, as I stand here and, and think of all of that. This is a collage my wife actually put together this week and so many different series that we've done, events that we've done. And, and I said to my wife when she emailed me um, to proof this week, I said, we've covered a lot of ground and it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, this morning, just for a few minutes before we go party uh, out back, I want us, I want us to, to turn our attention to a guy in the Bible who, who had a God-sized vision that was a hundred years in the planning and 52 days in the making. Because I think that, that the story of Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah in the Bible is a, is a fantastic parallel in so many ways to the, to the vision that God has placed in the heart of, of Next Level Church and the vision that we are a part of today. And, and so if you have a Bible, will you turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 2 is where we're going to start because I want us to talk through this story of Nehemiah this morning because I think it's got everything to do with us as a church, Next Level Church, and also with us, uh, so many of us, who are dreamers, who are visionaries, who have a vision in our heart, a God-sized vision that he's placed in our heart of something we're believing that God wants to do and use our life to make an impact on someone else. So if you have your Bible, turn there with me. Uh, if not, the verses, some of the verses will be on the screen today. And I want to just track through his story for a few minutes this morning as we celebrate five years together. Uh, Nehemiah was, was a guy who was serving at a high-level position for a king. And this king was a pretty mighty guy, and so Nehemiah was actually his cupbearer. And what that means in that culture is basically this, uh, that before the king drank the wine, Nehemiah got to take a sip first. And the reason why his position existed was, in case anyone wanted to poison the king, Nehemiah would drink first, and then, if he didn't die... It was okay for the king to drink. If Nehemiah died, then we probably ought to throw that bottle out. So Nehemiah had a pretty influential position. He had a pretty substantial position in the palace of a king. And yet while he's working in the palace of the king, God speaks to Nehemiah in a dream. And he says to to Nehemiah, Nehemiah, I'll, I'll place this vision in your heart. That the walls of Jerusalem, the city of God, of God's people, have been broken down for over a hundred years. And I want you to resign your position in the palace and go back to Jerusalem where the walls are broken down and restore, rebuild those walls. And so Nehemiah is serving in the, in the, in the king and he can't, in the palace, he can't get away from this vision to go back to his, his home city, to go back to Jerusalem, the city of God, and to rebuild the walls. And the significance of rebuilding the walls was, The walls represented the greatness of your God in a lot of ways. Because if you had broken down walls in those days around your city, that meant that you were vulnerable. It meant that you were were open to attack. It meant that anyone could come in and and kill you, could destroy you, could could harm you, could destroy your fields, your homes, your, your places of commerce, your places of worship. That they could come in and that you were, in essence, a disgrace. And so watch this. The significance of the walls around Jerusalem meant this. Not only is this city a disgrace, but the God... Of this city is a disgrace as well. And so here's this city, Jerusalem, the mighty city of God, whose walls had been a disgrace and ultimately a reflection on God for over a hundred years. So God speaks to this guy, Nehemiah, and he says, I want you to leave the comforts of where you are. I want you to leave the security of where you are in the palace of a king. And I want you to go home to Jerusalem. And rebuild the walls that the whole world might know this Jehovah God, this God of the universe, is a God that can be trusted and counted on and reckoned with. 
So check this out, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4. Nehemiah's all like sad and, and burdened, and you can tell he's carrying the weight of this deal uh, as he's serving the king, and the king catches on to it. And look at what it says in verse 4 and 5. The king said to me, what, what is it that you want? He rec- the king recognized that Nehemiah is, is kind of real heavy under this burden. And so the king looks at him and he's like, what's going on, man? What, what is it that you want? Then I prayed to God, Nehemiah said of heaven, and, and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah... Jerusalem, where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. God spoke the vision to Nehemiah to go to a city, Jerusalem, and rebuild the walls, do something great for God. And as you heard in the video this morning, 14 years ago, 1993, March 25th, 1993, God put a vision in the heart of a 17-year-old kid and a 15-year-old girl for a city. God put a vision in our heart to do something great for him here in Southwest Florida. And I'll be honest with you, as I reflect over these last 14 years, almost a decade and a half ago, since we were teenage kids coming to this city, I'm blown away at the favor of God. I'm blown away at how God has been with us every single step. Now, I will say this, for those of you who have a vision in your heart, to do something great for God, it hasn't been easy. I would imagine that it's probably pretty easy to look up here and to see Matt and Sarah, to see our life, to see this church and think, man, you guys, you've had a cakewalk. Man, this has been easy. Man, check you out. But can I just be honest with you today? As I survey the last 14 years of our life, since God planted that small seed to do something great for him in Southwest Florida, there have been so many moments over the last 14 years of absolute desperation Moments where we looked on and we thought, I don't know if we can go on. I don't know if we can do this anymore. This is just too tough. The price is just too high. I just don't know if we can do this. But you know what? Those moments of absolute desperation in our life, in our marriage, in our family, in our ministries, have been the very thing that God's used to shape us and make us into the leaders that we are today. And so looking back, although it's been difficult, although there's been moments of absolute trial and difficulty and absolute desperation, we're thankful for all of those moments that have molded us and shaped us into what's, what God is making today. So if you're here and you have a vision from God, you, you, God's spoken to you, and there are, I know there are so many, you want to do something great for God, can I just say to you, that my prayer for you is that there will be moments of absolute desperation in your life. I want you to know, I pray that over our staff. That God will take every single one of our staff to a place of moments of absolute desperation. Because it's in those moments that we are molded, our character is shaped into the image of God. That if we won't run from the trial, if we won't run from the fire, we'll become exactly who it is that God wants us to become. And Nehemiah experienced the favor of God. So he leaves the palace, he resigns, and he goes with the favor, and the king basically gives him a a, a credit card and says, whatever you need, here's a letter you you can get through all of the regions you got to go through to to go back to Jerusalem. Here's all of the lumber you need to rebuild the wall. It's completely paid for. So Nehemiah goes back to Jerusalem. Look at this, verse 17 and 18. And he rallies some people together, and now he's starting to cast the vision. Look what he says. Then I said to them, to the people who were there in Jerusalem, you see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and and the gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we'll no longer be a disgrace, Nehemiah says. 
I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what, what the king had said to me. So Nehemiah comes back and he rallies the troops and he says, all right, guys, here's the deal. These walls have been broken down for a hundred years and I got to be honest with you. This is not going to work any longer. This is a disgrace before God and we're going to do something about it. And all of the people are like, yeah, let's go. And see, you guys, five years ago, Matt and Sarah Keller moved from Indiana, 1,300 miles away from the only home we had ever known, with $9,000 in a bank account and two college guys who were in love with the idea of living in a city that's a spring break town. (laughs) But see, we had a dream and we had a vision. And just like Nehemiah, we came to a city and we said, come on, let's see if God is this big. And over and over again, we've looked upon it and said, yeah, God is that big. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Sorry, this is blessing nobody but me. Look at verse 19, though, because you've got you to gotta see this. Check out the part. This is, this is, look at the first thing they encounter, verse 19. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked. And ridiculed it. Notice that the first thing they encountered when they stepped out in their vision, when they stepped out into their dream, was opposition and resistance. And let me say this, to those of you who have a vision, I believe that God is going to begin to place visions and callings and dreams on people to church plant. I believe that it will be in a number of years that we'll start sending many of you out to plant next level churches all over the country, all over this region. I believe that there are some of you that God's going to speak a vision to for world missions, to go into a city, to go into a nation and make an impact for Him. I believe that God is speaking to some of you about visions to start businesses that would generate hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, even millions of dollars a year for kingdom causes that could be funneled into world missions and funneled into what God's doing on the earth. I believe that God's put visions in moms to have godly families and to raise godly children. I believe God's put visions in the hearts of fathers and husbands to lead their homes with diligence and to create godly households. So whatever it is that you have a vision for in your life, can I just encourage you this morning as your pastor? That the minute you start to step into that vision from from raising godly kids to having a godly home and a godly marriage or or raising up a business to the glory of God or doing something great in in the ministry, can I just encourage you that the minute you begin to step into that vision, resistance and opposition will come. Here's the principle. Anytime we purpose in our heart to do something great for God, resistance will quickly follow. And can I tell you in the last five years we've had our fair share of resistance? When we came to our leadership up north and we began to tell them what God was doing, that we wanted to move to Fort Myers and we wanted to start a different kind of church. They weren't necessarily against that. They just didn't really understand it. And so we got the y'all go ahead treatment. You know what that means? They looked at us and they said, well, you know, we don't really have any system or structure for that. So we're not real sure what to do with you. So y'all go ahead. (laughs) Don't call us. We'll call you. And then they never called. See, the minute we step into the vision, resistance and opposition are sure to follow. But notice that that didn't dissuade Nehemiah. They kept right on pursuing the project. They kept right on pursuing the vision that God had given to them. All of chapter 3 in the book of Nehemiah is dedicated to the many families and leaders who stepped up and became active participants in seeing the vision of God go forth. And as we as a church look back over the first five years of of what God has done here at Next Level, it's so amazing to me, personally, to see so many people who are absolute heroes in bringing this to life. That's why we had to have Dave here. Because we wanted you guys to meet him, a guy who's an absolute hero of this church. So many of you, past, so many of you at the present, 
who continue, hundreds and hundreds of you, who continue every single week to drive this vision. You've caught the vision and you carry it forward. I think of so many connection group leaders who take pastoral care personally in this church. That you have a goal in your heart that there would be a group of people around you that you could do life with, that you could pour yourself into, that you could mentor, and you take pastoral care personally. I think of many of you who are working our family ministries from our, our babies and nurseries, our toddlers, our pre-Ks, our kids' classes. You lead small groups that my kids and your kids are a part of every week. Our youth ministry, our student ministry, that you don't just see this as as babysitting one an hour and 15 minutes a week, that, that you actually see yourselves as investors in the next generation. I think of people who give, who understand the principles of tithing, who have said, I'm not willing to just let someone else carry the load. I'm going to step into this financially. I'm going to carry this thing because I believe in the vision. I think of ushers and greeters across this church who make it your aim every single Sunday. To make sure that Next Level Church is the friendliest church in America. Because you understand that every Sunday is somebody's that day. And they're going to walk into this place giving God one last shot. And when they hit the parking lot and see a smiling face, when they hit the front doors and see a smiling face, when they hit the coffee bar and see a smiling face, when they hit the back doors of this room or the kids' hallway, they see a smiling face and they go, maybe, just maybe, God loves me that much. Ushers and greeters, you get that. And I say thank you to you. I think of coffee bar teams who create relational environments for us every single week so that we can experience the kind of love and acceptance and relationships that God intends. I think of set-up and tear-down crews who come in and set all of this up in all of our environments all across our church and tear it all down and put it back in the trailers. I think of worship teams who carry the burden of creating these environments for us, production teams. I think of behind-the-scenes people who come in and give hours and hours every single week of volunteer time to open the mail and count the offerings and, and make all of that happen. And to you I say thanks. Thanks for making this church what it is. Nehemiah 4.1 says this, When Sambalai heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. Here's the principle. When people got involved in making the vision happen, here it is again, opposition was there again. And let me say something, say a word to those of you who are carrying the vision of Next Level Church with us every single week. If you're involved in carrying this vision in any way, if you pray, if you serve, if you give on any level, I want you to know you're on Satan's radar. You know why? Because he is not at all happy about what's happening here. He is not at all happy about life change. He's not at all happy that we're baptizing people today who have made a decision for Jesus Christ. He is not at all happy about that. And when we step into a vision like this that's impacting the world and impacting lives on a weekly basis, I want you to know that you've entered the fight. Nehemiah 4, six says this, So we rebuilt the wall to all of it, till, uh, till all of it reached half of its height, for the people worked with all of their heart. Within just a few weeks, check this out, a wall that had been broken down for over a hundred years, within just a few weeks, they were able to completely rebuild that wall to half its height. And I want you guys to know something. I believe that the impact that God wants to use Next Level Church to make on the world on the United States, on the state of Florida, and on Southwest Florida. That this is just the beginning. 
I believe that God is just laying the slab. That we will look back one day and see that the first five years of Next Level Church has simply been the foundation for influence that stretches the globe. Verse 16, look at what it says. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears and shields, bows and armor. The opposition got so intense, watch this, that at the halfway point, when the wall, when the foundation of the wall had been laid, they had to change their strategy. They had to intensify the strategy as they worked on the vision. From that time forward, check it out, look what it says, verse 16. They weren't able to just work on the wall. Half of the guys had to work on the wall while the other half defended them. They had to change their strategy. And I believe that if we're going to become the church that God wants for us to become in the future, then we're going to have to intensify the spiritual battle that we find ourselves engaged in. I believe that God wants to take us to a deeper place of prayer and intercession in the coming days. I'm so excited that in just a few months we're going to have a warehouse space that's going to provide us with a facility, with a place where we can hold prayer meetings and we can be diligent and on our faces collectively as a body. Begin seeking Jesus and fighting on our knees the spiritual battle that we find ourselves in. To those of you who have a vision in your heart, of a vision and a passion that God's placed in you, can I just say this? Always remember, no matter what your vision is, if it's a vision for a godly family, if it's a vision for a business, if it's a vision for church planning, if it's a vision for missions, whatever your vision is for you and your world, Always remember that your vision is a spiritual vision. Even if it looks secular, even if it looks, you know, whatever. It's a spiritual vision. That if there's a vision in your heart, God wants to be an intricate part of that. And it is a spiritual vision and we must treat that vision that way. So then in chapter 5, here's what we got. Basically, they're, they're working on the wall, they're making this thing happen, they get the foundation laid, they change their strategy, and then, you've got to love this, an internal problem arises. Beautiful. Here, okay, listen to that. Here's, here's the internal problem. Everybody was so committed to the vision, they were so on board with what God was doing in Jerusalem of rebuilding this wall. They were making such huge sacrifices. Like a lot of the people, they weren't working on their fields. They weren't working on their crops. They weren't working on their homes or their families. They were kind of like leaving everything else on the back burner so that they could get this wall project done. And some of the rich people in the community started seeing this happening. That some of the poorer people weren't paying their bills on time and were late on their payments. And so all of a sudden the rich people walk up to the poor people and they're like, Oh yeah, by the way... um, I'm going to take your wife and kids as my slaves because you haven't paid me. So thanks. Have fun on the wall. And all of a sudden, Nehemiah's like, okay, time out. What the heck is going on? So Nehemiah, chapter 5, this is beautiful stuff. Nehemiah calls a meeting and he gets all the rich guys around and he's like, is it true that you're like stealing these guys' families? You big punks, knock it off. True story. So, so there's this huge internal conflict. And the rich people are extrapolating. Is that what they're doing? Somebody, somebody do I have an English teacher that can help me with that right now? They, they, were, they were exhausting the poor. And they're, they're stealing their kids. Taking them as slaves. And Nehemiah's like, listen guys. You're going to have to put your own personal agendas aside. Because that's not going to work. If you're going to just exploit this thing and take advantage of it so that your personal vision can just be all like 
you can get richer while these guys are serving the vision of God, that's not going to work. And so Nehemiah steps in and he, he rebukes the rich people and he says, no, you can't do that. We're all on the same team. He said, you've got to set your personal agenda aside for the sake of the corporate vision. And see, I believe that in order for us to see the vision of God fulfilled as a church, we're going to have to fight for the unity of this thing. It's inevitable that the bigger this thing grows, the more tempting we're going to be to drift off of the vision that God's given to us into other areas of personal agenda. And I just want to encourage us as a church, we can't allow that to happen. We can't allow that to happen. We've got to stay unified around this vision. Why? Because it's working. Lives are being changed every single week. We've got to stay committed to that. I also think that we're going to have to learn the art of saying no to the good so that we can truly pursue the best. I think that we as a church, again, that the bigger this thing gets, the more influential this gets, the more opportunities are going to be out there for us as a church to take advantage of. And we're going to have to learn the art of saying no to the good so that we can say yes to the best. What's the vision of God for Next Level Church? It's very simply three things. And we are committed to doing these three things and these three things only at every level of our church. Number one is what we call consistent disciplines. Helping people build into their lives the tools that allow them to live their life more like Jesus every single day. Our Sunday mornings are completely designed around that at every single level. Here in the auditorium, for those of us who are adults, in our kids' ministries, all the way down, starting at two years of age, our kids are in small group. Our kids are being taught the disciplines and the tools that they need to live out Bible principles that help them become like Jesus all the way up through. We're committed to that. The second part of our vision is what we call authentic community. This idea of doing life with others who are on the same pursuit. Connection groups. That's what, We are not going to stop until we see 100% or more of people who call Next Level Church their home church in small groups. That's our heart. That's our passion. Why? Because we believe that life is too hard to go through and live through alone. And we want to see people in authentic community, in relationship with others who are pursuing Jesus Christ like they are. And the third part of our vision is strategic service. Helping people understand that there's an external component to what life in Christ is all about. It's not enough to just serve me and be around others and insulate, as we talked about last week, myself and what I do. But we've got to turn this thing outward and say, yes, I'm going to engage the world around me and use my callings and my talents, my passions, my abilities to impact the world around me. That's the vision of Next Level Church. And we cannot allow ourselves to get distracted from that. We believe wholeheartedly that if people will do those three things and engage in those three things consistently, their life will change. Their, their world, they will grow spiritually and become more like Jesus. They'll be more like Jesus 12 months from now than they are today simply by engaging those three areas. We believe that's true. That's the best vision for us. I think it's interesting if you go back to Nehemiah, that Nehemiah didn't start an army. You know, building a wall around Jerusalem is not the only way to defend a city. In fact, having an army is a pretty good way to defend a city. I mean, nothing says, my God's big and bad, like an army, right? And yet, Nehemiah didn't start an army. Perfectly, God used armies in the Old Testament. We, we read other stories where God, like, used an army. 
And yet that wasn't the vision that God had placed in his heart. And see, I think there are going to be opportunities in the future that will arise, that will be good, good opportunities. But we as a church must stay focused and must stay very, very clear and committed to the best vision for Next Level Church. This is what we do. I'll give you an example. We don't feel called to ever start a Christian school. We think Christian schools are great. My kids go to a Christian school for crying out loud. But that's not the vision of Next Level Church. That's just not the vision that God's called it to. It's, it's, It's a great vision. And there are some amazing Christian schools across Southwest Florida. But that's not the vision for Next Level Church. The vision for Next Level Church is creating environments at every level where people can experience Christ in a real and personal way. And to position them with consistent disciplines, authentic community, strategic service where they can live out and become more like Jesus in their everyday life. That's the vision. And we've got to stay committed to that vision. So then notice in chapter 6, and I'm almost done, what Nehemiah finds out. In the face of yet another attack of the enemy, Nehemiah makes an amazing statement that I believe is the word for next level church today at the five-year mark. His enemies attack him again, and they've tried a whole bunch of different tactics, but this time the enemy comes in a little bit more subtle. And he gets to some of Nehemiah's advisors, and the enemy comes to them and he says, listen, we don't want to attack you, we're going to put the swords down, Uh, just tell Nehemiah to come, we just want to sit down with him and talk to him, we just want to meet him at Starbucks, we just want to talk over coffee, and just, you know, mano y mano, let's just, 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 let's just, we just want to talk. So the advisors come back to Nehemiah who's working on the wall, and and they say, Nehemiah, hey man, I I talked to the guys who've kind of been persecuting us and opposition and just kind of, I talked to them, and they want to meet with you. They want to see if you're interested in a macchiato. And that's, that's the Matt Keller translation there, by the way. And in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3, look at what Nehemiah says to his advisors when they ask him to come down off the wall. He says, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. Nehemiah was resolved to push on with the work, to not get distracted by smaller things. And I believe if there is one temptation that has the ability to keep us from fulfilling the vision that God has for us as a church, it is this one. The distraction of lesser things. Listen, if you're a part of Next Level Church at any level, I want you to know that you're a part of something that is making an impact on the world for Jesus Christ. Did you realize that in 2006 we gave over $60,000 to world missions? That we supported missionaries and church plants in nations like Sri Lanka, India, China, Vietnam, all over Latin America, Spain, the Dominican Republic, through the ARC, which is the church planning organization we're a part of. We have been a part of planting 42 churches across the United States. Our churches last year alone gave over $7.5 million to world missions. We're a part of something that is making an impact. I don't even want to call it a ministry, but let's talk about the ministry of CNN for just a second. You guys, because of the crappy series, we had over 6,500, which my staff thinks it's great that I refer to my own series as crappy, by the way. But that's another message series or or staff meeting. Anyway, we had over 6,500 downloaded messages from that series alone. As far away as Iraq... A guy gave his life to Christ in Iraq because he downloaded our pornography message. 
It's working. Here locally, every Sunday, every Sunday, there are dozens of people who come in who are first, second, or third timers. And they walk in and they're looking for something different. And they're going, I never knew God could be that real, that personal, that much into my business and love me that much. They're experiencing that because each one of us are making it happen on a weekly basis. You guys, we're winning. And my encouragement to us as a church today on our fifth anniversary is this. We're doing a great work. Let's not get distracted we can't come down off the wall we're winning baby lives are being changed yeah souls are being won we had 60 people give their lives to christ on easter sunday alone Marriages are being healed and saved. Single people committing to stay pure. Kids and families growing stronger. That's how we measure success in this church. And I want you to know we are being a success for God. So let's keep serving. Let's keep giving. Let's keep leading. Let's keep pushing in. Why? Because in the words of Nehemiah, we are doing a great work. And we can't come down. We won't come down. Yeah. As we study the rest of the book of Nehemiah, you know what you find out the result is? The result is after they got the, the wall completed, they had a church service. And they invited the whole town. And in the middle of that church service, first of all, thousands of people came. And they lifted up and they began to read the word of God publicly, out loud. And thousands of people heard the word of God. That was the result. And once they heard the word of God and it was lifted up, you know what happened? They repented of the way they were living their life. And they turned from the way they had been living their life to Jesus. And thousands of people that day committed their life to Jesus or to, to God. They didn't know Jesus, but they knew God in that time. And thousands and thousands of people's lives were impacted. Because the people of God stayed committed and focused on the vision. And I believe the same thing will be true with us as well. As we stay focused on the vision that God has given to us, thousands and thousands of lives will continue to be impacted for God's glory. So let me ask you a question today as we close and then we go party. Where are you committed to this vision? God's placed you in this vision for a reason. You are not here by mistake. You are here because God wants to use your life to impact someone else. Where are you committed to this vision? Where do you need to step it up? Let me say this. If you're a young leader here, and I know that we have hundreds of you who are here, and you're a young leader, and God's placed a vision and a passion in your life, can I challenge you that the, I believe the vision of Next Level Church is big enough to contain your vision. I believe that what God is doing here is big enough for you. So I challenge you today, young leaders, to stand up, to rise up and say, yeah, I'm going to use my gifts. And my, before I go out into the world and use my gifts and talents and passions to, to build a great business or to build a great company or build a Fortune 500 company, I want to use my giftings for God. I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to get on your face before Jesus and say, Jesus, if you want to use my life in ministry full time, I'm up for that. And wait and hear what God says. Because I believe that God is going to raise up dozens and dozens and dozens of leaders from this church that will be world changers, that will impact the nations for the glory of God. I believe that's going to happen. And I challenge you for that. 
It's interesting as you read chapter 3, and I close with this thought, promise. The the names that are listed in chapter 3 of the people who worked on the wall are two things. One, are leaders, and two, are heads of families. The people that got eternal recognition in the Bible, which, by the way, if you've got to get your name mentioned somewhere, I mean, it's cool to be on CNN or the news press or Naples Daily News. Listen, if you can get your name in the Bible... It's like, yeah. <laughs> These guys are walking around heaven. They're like, that's me, Nehemiah 3. It's in there. Check it out. What you got? What you got? Take that, TV generation. Ha-ha. Right? The names in Nehemiah chapter 3 are the names of leaders and heads of families. And today I want you to know that I believe as we go into the next five years of Next Level Church, the thing that will make the biggest difference is not just more followers. Anybody can draw a crowd. Comedians can draw a crowd and draw followers. I believe what Jesus is looking for is leaders. Heads of families and leaders to step up and to step into their calling and to say, yes, I will lead my family the way God wants it led and I will lead in the body of Christ in this local church that God wants me to lead. See, we need more greeter leaders. We need more connection group leaders leaders we need more kids ministry family ministry leaders we need more youth leaders we need more worship team leaders we need more production team leaders why because the vision of god is great and i believe that it won't be accomplished with just adding more followers i believe it will happen as you and i the local church body of christ right here next level step up and go yeah i'll lead baby bring it on let's go into hell with the water gun right So, anyway, you've probably never experienced this, but one of those times where you write a message, and then when you deliver the message, the delivery was nothing like the way you thought it would be when you wrote it. That's today. But CNN's not here, so take that. Let's stand together. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us that in the coming days, God would use us to rise up as leaders in our homes and leaders in His church like never before. And I want to pray that God will give us the courage to embrace that and to step into the destiny and the reality that He has purposed for us. Then we're going to pray over the food so that once we go out there, we can just eat and party. And then we are baptizing many of you today. Um, and we, I need to meet with all of you. So if you're being baptized, will you give a a minute for everybody to clear out in here and then join me right down here and myself and my assistant Susan we need to meet with you down here and talk through some of the baptism stuff so we're going to do that for a few minutes right here at the front of the stage so if you're being baptized that's you everybody else pray kill and eat baby we're going to pray they already killed it let's eat so we're going to do that and then and then yeah so my ADD's kicking in now and I'm like party I can't hardly think past that so let's do it great Jesus, I thank you for this church. I thank you for five years, 257 Sundays so far, where you've given us opportunity to speak life and hope into the lives of thousands. Jesus, we look forward with great expectation into what the next five years of this church will hold. Lord, I pray that we just continue to stay focused on the vision that you've dropped in our hearts. You'd help us to stay focused 
on you. Jesus, this is your church. And your word says that you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And we pray you would do that. Continue to do that. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us that we would rise up as leaders in the coming days. Leaders in our homes and leaders in this church that we could impact the nations of the world for your glory. Jesus, thank you. And today, God, we celebrate. We pray your blessing over the food and our time out back that we could just party and celebrate all that you've done. Jesus, bless our picnic time. Bless those who are being baptized as well. Jesus, we celebrate five years of ministry in Southwest Florida in your name. And all across this room, everybody said, Amen. Let's celebrate the Lord today. God, you're so good. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.